Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode number 38. If you're counting along at home, that's the 188th episode of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. Collect them all like Pokemon. My name is Britt. <laughs> I'm Craig. And Craig, I'm going right for it. Oh. All right, that was not nearly Bush. as smooth a transition oh. as I wanted to. I couldn't get the tab <laughs> in my hand. Um, it's been a weird week, and I'm and it's only Wednesday. So let's start where we always begin. Craig, what are you drinking? So tonight I have a new beer. <clears throat> excuse me, that you handed me today. Oh, okay. So I handed you two beers. I think you were gonna like both of them. Which one are you popping open? Uh, so I went with the um, feeling juicy. Oh, you're gonna like this by Dockside Brewery in Milford, right? The tech Correct. Milford. It's literally you drive by it on your way back to your house. Oh, that's right. It's it is close by. It's a you know what it's ten, ten not even ten minutes maybe. Yeah, yeah, ten minutes down the road tops. Bush. Um, there you go. And uh, it's yeah, nice place. I don't. Their beers aren't bad, but I'm not a huge fan of their offerings. Their offerings have had a lot of people are like their stuff. Excuse me, and they do a lot of different kinds of um, of beer styles, but feeling juicy is their New England IPA, and I it is just solid New England. It's there's nothing fancy about it. It's just a good New England IPA. Wow, that's um, that's smooth. It's smooth. It's like too. a lingering smoothness, as weird as that sounds. But I forget what it's like. It's it's ABV is too. I think it's like uh, somewhere to six here? or seven. Is it's it on the can? Double. I don't think it's on the can. It doesn't legally have to be. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Oh wait, it's six point five. Six point five ABV. Yeah, six point five percent. So it's not. It's not terrible. It's not terrible, um, but yeah, it's so smooth. It's so good, and their food there is really, really good. So we gotta, we gotta get you there in the not too distant future. I think, um, <clears throat> I think once the last couple shots in arms take place, I think we're gonna end up doing a production meeting um, there because again, it's it's ten minutes down the road for me, um, where our contributor Sean works. It's five minutes. Really. Like, yeah, like if you and I stood out in front of the place, I would mm-hmm. point and say, do you see that intersection there? And you'd say, yeah, I'd say that's the street he works on. Oh, wow. So it's really <laughs> that close to him. That's um, that's pretty close. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's awesome stuff. It's awesome Oops. stuff. So, so um, what do you have? I have a beer that you brought for me today because oh. you were in a package store and you alertly saw one of my favorite IPAs which is Crucial Mass by Counterweight. So I am drinking a Crucial Mass. This is like the seventh or eighth time I've had a Crucial Mass. This guy's an 8%. Counterweight, dollar for dollar, is the best brewery in Connecticut. End of story. And when I say that, I mean, like, you go places and you buy their signature New England IPAs and their fancier stuff and their rare release stuff, and you're going to pay, in some cases... Upwards of twenty dollars for a four pack. Yeah, I've seen four packs for like twenty eight, and I'm like, ah, yeah, no, I won't do it. Nah, I won't do it. I, I won't do it. Twenty is like my max. I mean, once in a great while, if somebody says, "Hey, I went to Treehouse, and I can give you a four pack for twenty two. Okay, I'll do that because Treehouse is so hard to get. Right. You know, but um, 
I this is this is like four dollars a can. It's like less than sixteen dollars for a four pack, and their standard IPA, which I believe is called Workhorse, or is that their mm. lager? Yeah, I have to look that up. Headway, there you go. Headway is the IPA I'm thinking of. Workhorse <clears throat> is their lager, but their Headway IPA in most liquor stores you can find a four pack for under ten bucks. I mean that's like unheard of in craft beer around here. So oh, yeah. as much as I love Two Roads, as much as I love um, New Park and everything, Tribus. if you're talking to me, yeah. Tribus, mm-hmm. if you're talking to me about straight value, it's freaking Counterweight. Counterweight just does such a fantastic job. So this is a fantastic beer, and I was very grateful you brought it to me, which reminds me, I got to Apple Pay you some money. <laughs> yeah, I went I went in there to actually get a, uh, a gift, like a bottle of wine gift, and I'm like, you know what, let me look in the secret fridge. And I looked around, and honestly, I was like, and eh, nothing's really jumping out at me. And I just right. happened to randomly, like, look down at the floor for whatever. I think because they have those single cans in that shelf yep. in the fridge. Yep. So I was looking at those, and I just kept looking down, and there were two four-packs sitting on the floor. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I know that I know that uh, can. Look closer yeah, look. It was that. The can art is pretty. It's a it's a purple with can with like a lime green logo on it. It's very mm. distinctive. It'll stand out to you. And when you say it was on the floor, it was in a box. I hope it wasn't just like it was sitting. in a it was in a um, you know, like a cardboard kind of yeah. carrying case thing. Yeah, yeah, it was in that. Yeah, like a cardboard case. That's fair. That's fair. So for folks, really quick, who have no idea, if you're new here, you don't know what the secret fridge or the secret cooler means. In Milford, Connecticut, there is a fantastic liquor store right off of I-95 called Total Wine and Liquor. It's second huge. or third time. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. Um, and second or third time I was there, I was looking at the the beer fridge. They've got all sorts of stuff warm. They've got a, a limited selection cold, but they've got tons of stuff just sitting on the shelf. Um, so you may not find exactly what you want if you're going there and on your way to a party. But if you're getting something the night before, you're in good shape. And so I'm looking at it and I see this little plastic hanging curtain, the kind that you see in like meat rooms and packing plants that kind of mm-hmm. keep the cold air in. And um, there's a tiny little sign. And when I say tiny, I mean less than a square foot that says, please come in to cooler for more options or something like that. Or uh, uh, please check out our cooler. So like one day I just walked through it and it was like entering Narnia. <laughs> all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, look at all this. <laughs> look at these kegs. There's kegs here. And then so they they had one shelf there with like really interesting looking craft beers from places I had never heard of before, never had a chance to sample before, etc. That now fast forward like three years. There's two shelves that are like wire shelves that are full of craft beers. And they've started lining up cases of beers that they go through a lot of on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like what I, I literally one time went there. And while I was there, a guy walked in with a hand truck with <laughs> eight cases of ice cream man by back East. No. And if you know, the Connecticut beer scene, you know, ice cream man is one of those beers that everyone goes for. If you like IPAs and you like, craft beer ice cream man is one of those it's things you grab when you see it because it's hard to find right mm-hmm. he put down he put down the, the the hand truck before i could turn around and take three steps two of the cases were gone wow 
he was followed through the door by six guys who were like following <laughs> a scent. He was like the Pied Piper. <laughs> Two of the cases were caught. People were literally just grabbing four packs and shoving them under arms. I think one guy looked at the guy with the hand cart and went, is there a limit? And the guy just shrugged. Him, oh, I don't so he literally here. picked up like three, four packs and flew out the door. I just went and grabbed the one four pack, but I was just like, that's how that place works. So when we talk about the secret fridge or the secret cooler, that's what we're talking about. That's where yeah. they hide the really, really, really good and, and hard to find beer. And, you know, I, I don't think they have a limit. I've never seen a limit anywhere in there saying, you know, only one per customer or something. Oh, I have. Have you? I have. And, and as a matter of fact, if I remember correctly from that ice cream man story, when I went to leave and it was already like two or three cases gone, somebody from the store walked in with a sign that said limit two and just kind of looked at it and went, damn, <laughs> should I have even wasted my time writing up a sign? <laughs> and I was like, I only have one. Don't yell at me. I only have one, <laughs> one, one, four pack. Goodbye. One, Thank just you. Just one. Bye. Just one. So anyway, anyway, Moving on. Burning Hot Takes. Yes. Are you giving or receiving today? I will give. What do you got for me? Okay. First up, a player, a free agent player, a free agent running back. Okay. Said that he still has a desire to continue playing and he's looking to sign with a contender. How is Adrian Peterson these days? (laughs) Exactly. Um, that is Adrian Peterson. He he's desperately looking for a team to play on. He wants to play for a contender. Maybe he wants to be uh, LaShawn McCoy. I don't know. Uh, but in your opinion, is you think anyone's going to sign him? Will a team who's a contender sign him? Probably not. The second part, probably not. Somebody will sign him. But is he going to want to sign with? Is he going to want to take another deal like he took with the Redskins last year? I mean. I don't think so, and I, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think a contender's gonna make room for him on the roster. I mean, don't forget, Lashawn McCoy going to Kansas City two years ago was like the perfect storm in that he was a favorite of the coach, mm-hmm. and um, Andy Reid knew what he could do and knew how he would fit his scheme. And Andy Reid was also looking around the room, going, "Okay." I've got this Kareem Hunt guy and not a whole lot else. I got two different guys with the last name Williams and the first initial D. Um, (laughs) And I don't think either one of them could carry. Now, fortunately, he was kind of wrong about Damian Williams. Damian Williams really did carry them that season when needed. But he was like, I need a change of pace back and I need somebody with good hands. I mean, that's the thing. Adrian Peterson has never been a good receiving back. Yeah, no, he was always rushing first. I'm going to look it up right now. I'll do it live. I, I, I think he's done. You think I do. He's done? I think he's done. Yeah. I think he's done whether he likes it or not. Um, receiving. Yeah. No, no, he's no Christian McCaffrey is what you're saying. Yeah. No. I mean, his best year in receiving was 43 catches and that was as a Viking in 2009. He hasn't caught more than 20 passes since 20, 2015. Wow, and that was really six good years year ago. That is yeah. fucking scary. That was the 1,400-yard season he had. 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns, where he led the league in both. Mm-hmm. Really? The, lead, the league's leading rusher in 2015 was 1,485 yards? Really? That sounds wrong. That's shocking. I'm going to verify that. Yeah, that's... I mean, it's probably right, but that sounds wrong. At least with the likes of, you know... um, 
you know, Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey now. That sounds wrong. Yeah. 1,485 wow. yards led the league. Wow. wow. Okay. Who's in, second? In 2015, here you go. You want to play the family feud really quick? There sure. were only seven guys who broke 1,000 yards rushing. Stop it. Really? Seven. Wow. Adrian Peterson was number one. Give me one or two more. 2015. Oh, this is only this is five full seasons ago. Uh, Frank Gore. Frank Gore, no, had 967. Oh, he was that's so ninth. close. <laughs> he was ninth. Um, because we brought him up, LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo, 895 yards. Damn it. One more shot, and I'm going to tell you who the list is. Running back. You're not going to huh? believe half of these guys. You're not going to believe <laughs> half these names. I'm trying to think who the hell was playing in 2015. It's hard. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think okay. of anyone. Go That's ahead. Fair. Number two in the league was Doug Martin, the muscle hamster. Oh, my God. 1,402 yards. Third was Todd Gurley with 1,106. Fourth was Darren McFadden. Wow. When he was in Dallas with <laughs> 1,089 yards. Chris Ivory of the New York Jets that year rushed for 1,070 yards. Really? Latavius Murray was still a Raider and rushed for 1,066. And a young unknown burst onto the scene at age 23 in Atlanta named Devontae Freeman at 1,056 oh. yards. <laughs> Talk about a career that just kind of skidded off the highway. Damn. I mean, just Mark Ingram, 769 yards. Was he injured that year? Yeah, he only played in 12 games. Okay. Eddie Lacy, 758 yards. That's Wow. I'm I'm just going down the list. It's just DeMarco Murray, 702 yards in Philly. Alfred Bluer. Oh, my God. It was so bad that the 31st leading rusher was Cam Newton. Was that his rookie year? No. Uh, No, he was 26 at that point. But he had more rushing yards than Sharkandrick West. Remember (laughs) Sharkandrick West? Remember when he was the future? He had more rushing yards than James Starks, Amir Abdullah, and... And a guy who could jump out of a pool named David Johnson. Wow. That's right. Cam Newton outrushed David Johnson. Un- and they both played 16 games that year. Just saying. Unbelievable. So, yeah. So back in the day, 1485 was an impressive number. Not so much anymore. Wow. So, no, I think he's done. What do you think? Uh, I think I'm kind of halfway there. I'm not sure a contender is going to sign him. Because who, like, who would that be? So that would be, let's go to, like, the, okay, so there's the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, the Saints, the Packers, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bucks. He might end up with the Chiefs, but I doubt it. Maybe. I mean, like, maybe the Steelers? I, I gotta say, really quickly, too, it feels like, 2015 was kind of an anomaly year. Mm-hmm. The year before, DeMarco Murray, that was his big year in Dallas. Mm-hmm. He did 1,845 yards. Yep, and then I drafted him, and then it stopped. And then he died. <laughs> um, he's He went to Philly, and he died. Where is he? There he is. He's still fourth in the league in rushing with 1,287, but people, most people will tell you he was, oh, no, that was, that was 2016. He was, where are you? 2015, I think he got hurt, didn't he? Yes. No, yes. he played 15 games. Did he? He played. He only started eight, but he appeared in fifteen. He had seven hundred and two yards. But in twenty sixteen, 
the leading rusher in the league was 1,631 yards, and that was Zeke. Hmm. So, you know, next year I'm looking at total yardage. Well, next year was a down year too. Kareem Hunt at 1327. Maybe it's not as much of an aberration as I thought. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, you know what it is? I may maybe it's because of Derrick Henry and th- that could be why since he has an obscene amount of yards. 2018 Zeke led the league in rushing with 1434. The next closest was Saquon at 1307. Hmm. Adrian Peterson that year, by the way, 2018, was the eighth leading rusher at 1,042. Ah. So, I mean, yeah, his, as long as he stays healthy, his, he can still do it. He, I don't, he's not a, he is clearly no longer a feature back, but I don't know. I don't think well, any of the team, any of the teams with the last, you know, six picks, I don't think are, is going to sign him. No. No, and he's not going to want to go somebody. He's he's not he's not. It's very clear why he's saying I want to go to a contender. He doesn't want to sit on a bench. If he's going to sit on a bench, he wants it to be worth his time. And he knows he's not a starter anymore. He knows he's not going to dominate snaps anymore. He wants to go somewhere where he wants where he to can be LeSean McCoy. He wants to be LeSean McCoy. You know, I mean, his yards per game have just dropped steadily. Like. I mean, in 2015, he was averaging 92.8 yards per game. Then he gets hurt in Minnesota, so we'll throw that out. Then in 2017, he splits his time between Arizona and New Orleans. He only averages 52.9 yards per game. He bounces back a little bit, and he goes to Washington, 65.1, but then 59.9. And then this last year in Detroit, only averaged, where is it? I just lost it. 3.9 yards per carry. Hmm. I... I think at some point you just got to sit there and go, okay, I'm I'm ready to go. Just ready to go. Yeah. You know, it's hard. It's, it's hard to accept and that's, that's understandable, but yeah. All right. So now burning hot take. Yeah. My question for you Mm -hmm. earlier tonight. And as an earlier, I mean like an hour ago, (laughs) I sent you a Buzzfeed article, sent it to a whole bunch of people. You did 60 most painfully awkward exchanges in all of human history. Mm Hmm. I can assume you have not had time to read this. I have not, no. I want to hear from you. What was the most painfully awkward exchange you either participated in or witnessed in your personal history? And while you're thinking about it, I will give my answer. Okay, go ahead. Give you a moment. Because, again, these are burning hot takes. I don't pre-screen these questions with him at all. When I was in high school— We had a a, uh, classmate who lost his mom, unfortunately, to a long battle with cancer. And it was about two weeks after the funeral. And I was sitting and just having breakfast with him. Life is starting to return to normal for him. He's starting to try to get things back into perspective. And the president of our class walks up and puts his hand on his shoulder and says, man, I haven't taught you in forever. How is your mom doing? And I'm sitting across from this dude. And I was literally at this woman's funeral two weeks before, and he looked at me and just kind of smiled and looked up at the president of our class and went, dead? Oh, boy. And the president of our class started to laugh, thinking he was making a joke, Mm -hmm. and said, no, really, man, how is she doing? And he repeated, she's dead. And so the oh. president of the class looked at me, and the look on my face was just abject horror. <laughs> oh, no. Like, 
oh my god, you have one job as the supposed leader of our high school class. <laughs> you not Bad. only missed his mom's passing, you missed it by two weeks after the funeral. Yeah, you think you, you know, you would have heard. Or talked to him since then. Right, exactly. You know, it wasn't exactly a secret. Like, 20 of us were at the funeral. It wasn't something that happened under the radar. Mm-hmm. But that was easily the most awkward conversation I've ever been a part of. Wow. Awkward. Okay, so I so two things. Sure. One is I have that type of personality that or aura or something. I can be standing in line and the person behind me or in front of me will randomly start talking to me without oh me saying a word and tell me everything about their life and what's going on. So this happens to me on a regular basis. So it's become almost normal to me that that happens. Um, so give me one. Give me a good one. If, so, you, if you're telling me it's too hard to pick out one because there's so many. Well, here, here's the thing. It's, here's the thing. That's So to me, that's become so normal. I, I don't pay attention to them anymore. But the most awkward thing that I've had happen to me, and I also work in retail, so there's a whole list of weird things that happen. Oh, yeah. But yeah. – there was one time at one of my jobs where I wasn't working retail, okay? I was working at a local, which is no longer there, a local dog track. Okay. Okay. I had three different jobs at the course of that being open. I had three different jobs at that dog track. The first mm-hmm. two were in security. Nothing, nothing too horrible really happened there. Actually okay. kind of boring. So, but my third job, um, I was... I don't even know why I did this, but I guess because I really needed a job. Um, they hired me to print out their race books. Okay. Every day. So what would happen is, you know, the owners, trainer, whatever, they would send the racetrack, the dogs and their numbers they were going to race that day for each race. There's mm-hmm. X amount of races. Weekdays weren't that bad. Weekends were busy. So there were yeah. a lot more races on weekends. So this was a... It was a Saturday or Sunday. So I get there. I start printing stuff out. And now the machine, for whatever reason, the machine they had to print out the books was a multi-tiered printing kind of press thing. Yep. Right? I'm familiar with them. Yep. And it, I swear to God, it was probably one they found in the highlight building. It was that old. Yeah. And this was it in probably... like, this was like in 2000. And it was yeah, so. So before you go any further with that, yeah. don't forget the building that housed that dog track used to be a high lie. Yes, for like twenty yep. years, they probably just kept the printing press. <laughs> they did. They must have because this thing would jam all the time. It wouldn't staple. Yeah. It wouldn't like crease things. I think I have still have a mark in my hand from having to manually crease paper. But um, so I'm printing the race books, and it's a weekend. There's a lot of people showing up, and I check random ones. Right, because I can't. I literally, I cannot check all of them, but I check it right. randomly. Looked right. Right. So I print a whole bunch out, and by a bunch, I mean you know like a hundred or more, and I give it to whoever, and they take it out, and then like a couple hours later, I find out that um, the race book was missing a page. Oh boy, and that's bad because the people at the dog track use that race book to set the bets for everything. So there were dogs missing from races. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. So it, it, think about gambling 
and then think about the you know people who are involved in legalized gambling. I and was how afraid seriously to, I was the afraid better to leave. It. Yeah. <laughs> the owner, like the head manager, he he was actually a really cool guy. He was like, Yeah, man, everyone's really pissed right now. I'm like, Yeah. He's like, yeah. All right, well, whatever. Luckily for me, he was like, eh, whatever. And he he wasn't really too, I guess, that upset about it. But the owners of the dogs were, they were very mad. And wow. I stayed in that room behind a locked door. <laughs> but that's not an exchange, though. Where's the exchange part of it? <sighs> well, the ex- exchange really would have been if I left the room. Yeah. Which I was too scared to do. <laughs> but, but that was, that's not that, even was probably an, the... that was the most awkward probably moment I've had, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. I have a good one from my wife from oh. years ago. Really quick, and then we'll yeah. move on. One night, she's just sitting on the couch. This is right when we started dating. Mm-hmm. And she gets this text from a number she doesn't know. And it just says, yo, it's Chauncey. Don't forget, I'm working at the Popeyes. Hit me up if you ever need chicken. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know anyone named Chauncey. Did you get chicken? Well, that's what she's like. She's like, but I would like free chicken. <laughs> so should I write Chauncey back and say, yeah, man, that'd be great. But I'm at somebody else's house. Just leave it on the porch. Wow. And I'll hit up with you later. <laughs> I, we, she never responded to Chauncey, but she was like, for a moment there, she was like, can we use this to our advantage? Is, is there a way to do this? I mean, I mean, there must be, right? But we never did. It's oh. been like over 10 years since the Chauncey is it. But yeah, that was like her most like, she's like, do I write him back and say he has the wrong number? Because if I do, then he's never going to bring us chicken. <laughs> so, all right. One more really quick because we're, we're way over time already. Give me one more quick burning hot take. Okay. One quick burning hot take. We I guess... get to your position analysis. Okay. So let me, where did this go? Damn it. Oh, God. Oh, stop. Stupid browser. Okay, so there's a team that has not drafted a wide receiver in the first round in 15, no, 16 years. Okay, the last receiver they drafted, his name was Javon Walker. Tennessee? Uh, Close. Green Bay. They drafted him in 2002. Ah. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing, because, you know, we've had a lot about Aaron Rodgers and who they should draft and whatnot. Is that part of Green Bay's problem? Are they not picking offensive weapons for their quarterbacks and just relying on their defense to win games? According to Aaron Rodgers, yes. I mean, he's been pushing for weapons and weapons and weapons forever. And Green Bay has like, no, just because you don't throw to them doesn't mean they're not a valuable part of the team, um, which, yeah, I think is, is yeah. But, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I can understand that. But I don't think they've made a mistake. They've won Super Bowls without guys like Javon Walker. They've done just fine. I mean, think about all the names that have come out of Green Bay in terms of receivers in the last 10, 15 years. Donald Driver, uh, Sterling Sharp, uh, with the guy that's there now. Why am I trying to blank on his name? Who's that guy? <laughs> what the hell am I thinking of? The guy who's there now. 
Adams. Devontae Adams. Thank you. So I don't think it's that big of a deal, honestly. So you think they should? I was really actually, I was really shocked by that, but that how long it's been since they've drafted a receiver in the first round. Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal, honestly. No. All right. Yeah. By Fair. the way, were you yeah. were you aware that Libsyn is updated to a fifth edition? No. Oh, I just logged into their fifth edition. Oh, it's fancy. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, the spread out's fancy. Oh. <clears throat> the stats are fancy. Oh, there's a little number down here that tells me my storage. Oh, good. Percentage. <laughs> when I when I hover over it, it tells me how much this. Okay, this we might have to switch to this. I hope it, yeah. I hope it doesn't cost me any more money. But okay. All right, so anyway, the other re- the other thing we need to talk about tonight, and we've left ourselves less than half an episode to do so. Perfect. Is <laughs> Craig's position slash player analysis for the NFL draft, which is two weeks from tomorrow night. We record on Wednesdays, so and no, sorry, it's a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow, yes. It's a week from tomorrow. Yep. So I'm actually gonna kind of turn the floor over to Craig. I may have some questions at times. But I want to hear Craig tell me some things about the NFL draft, because if you listen long enough, you know, I don't do a lot of college football. I went to a basketball school, so I really rely on a number of different people to give me information about who the hell is worth a damn in this draft. So, Craig, take it over. Tell me, who am I looking for in the first round or do you want to go by position? However you want to handle it, but educate me on the NFL draft. Um, I think we can just go by we can sort of go by draft order because I think that's just easier. Okay. Um, and yes, Britt did go to a basketball slash farm school, so not hey, a lot hey, of... hey, it's yeah. only a it's only a cow college because it was founded <laughs> by cows. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And Dan Orlovsky is your claim to fame to the NFL. Dan Orlovsky is like the lone member of our <laughs> Hall of Fame uh, in, for football. Yes. <laughs> Actually, we have a number of notable players, but go on. Let's just yes, sorry, that sorry. First. Okay. We'll talk about that another yeah. time. Um, so, okay. So first round, first pick, everyone already knows he's the essentially the Joe Burrow of this season, this draft is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jags. I see no way the Jags are getting rid of that pick or trading it. I don't see them changing their mind. That's what they're doing. And it's clear and cut. Next on the list is the Jets picking at two. Now, here's the funny thing about the Jets. Oh, boy. Apparently, the uh, 49ers called the Jets earlier in the year. And they said, hey, why don't you send us Sam Darnold and we'll send you our first pick. And the Jets, being the Jets, said no. Because apparently they were concerned about um, Zach Wilson's shoulder at the time. Honestly, if I was the Jets, I would have taken that as soon as they offered that. Because you essentially would have had, you know, two first-round picks. Actually, they'd have three first-round picks if they did that. Sure. So that's kind of a goof on the Jets. Um, I know they were concerned about Zach Wilson's shoulder, which they are no longer concerned about. But I really think they... That was a wasted opportunity to me. Uh, third, uh, third would be the 49ers from the Dolphins. Uh, they're gonna. I think they should draft Justin Fields. Uh, okay. I think he's considerably, as of right now, from things I've seen, I think he's 
uh, more talented than Mac Jones. Uh, I think he's a lot more versatile than Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a classic quarterback, pocket passer. Um, you know, I think basically they're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo again if they draft Mac Jones, and I don't know if that's going to work. I know okay. there was cons- there was some concern about Justin Fields because he is on medication for epilepsy. He has been for most of his life. And he told and he was very upfront supposedly yep. with the NFL teams when they discussed it. So I, I yeah. appreciate that from him. Yeah, so he you know, and I know you know, the NFL or teams have medical trainers be like I don't think he's had any concussion history, so he he should be okay uh, with that. Mm-hmm. The fourth round pick, now and we've mentioned this before. The fourth round pick is Atlanta. Atlanta is the key to the entire first round of the draft. Okay. If anyone is going to trade another pick, it is going to be Atlanta. So Atlanta is in a is an interesting spot, is because as we mentioned before, Matt Ryan is very expensive to get rid of. This like, year, this next year. year it becomes slightly. It's it, it's not as expensive. It actually this year it costs them an untenable number against the cap. Mm. Next year their cap number actually goes down by cutting him before June first. Now let's be fair, we're talking about a difference between forty eight million and forty million. It's not exactly like they're saving enough to sign they're four guys like by cutting million. him. Right, right. You're you're, you're saving eight million dollars when you're talking about that. You're talking about less. You're talking about one like sixth. Of his mm-hmm. contract amount is just what you're saving. So it, it, it makes sense. It would not be shocking if they cut him next year, but I also wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if they kept him either. Right. So right now, my, my guess is they still want to win with Matt Ryan. And as we've mentioned before, since cursed the Falcons. So I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to win there again. <laughs> so I'm thinking they're going to take Pitts. I've seen mock drafts where they take Sewell. Um, you know, both guys are extremely talented. Both guys would help extend Matt Ryan's career. And, oh, and clearly Atlanta is a passing team, so it would make more sense that they took Pitts. Right. And he is the the top-tier tight end in this year's draft. So, Because, you know, we never know, really know how long Julio Jones is going to stay healthy for. And... If Julio Jones goes down, people are just going to double team Calvin Ridley, and yeah, they have Hayden Hurst. So, eh, that's fair. <laughs> okay, that's fair. So Next, what you're, so what I'm yeah. hearing is we should expect we shouldn't expect any surprises in the first like four or five picks, at least until we get to Atlanta, and then. Well, so what do you actually expect Atlanta to do with the four pick? Are they going to trade it? Are they going to look for a successor? You know, or do you think they're going to go a different skill position? I think if a team, if I was Atlanta, I would be listening to every offer given to me. Cause you know, there's teams that want to move up. Like, oh, yeah. for example, the Patriots, let's just say they definitely want to move up and they definitely need a quarterback. So, you know what, if a team wants to offer, you know, a bunch of picks, for the fourth pick this year, if I was Atlanta, I would definitely be looking at that. So really quick, I just want to run down. I, bef- I, want, to, yeah. I want you to get back to where, where did you leave off? You stopped with Atlanta, right? Atlanta, the four pick. Okay. Yes. So possibility of folks to choose to, to trade up. 
Okay. I'm going to run down the list in order, mm-hmm. starting with the fifth pick. You tell me when you feel like you personally have hit a team that would trade up. Okay. So the next pick is Cincy. That's a no, right? Yeah, no. Miami? They traded up from the Eagles, so probably not. Detroit. Um, they just got Goff. They got to have to feel that Goff might be there for a couple years, right? Yeah, I don't think they would trade up. I think they need a receiver for him. And there are there are a number of receivers, so I don't think they would trade up for that. They can sit tight. Carolina at eight. Mm, no, because they just got a quarterback. And I think their need is at offensive line right now. And I yeah. don't think they necessarily need to trade up for that. Denver at nine. No, they just drafted quarterback, right? Uh, no, I think Denver is still on their quarterback carousel. So you think so? I think they are. I don't, don't think they're. I think they draft another quarterback this year because they haven't found whoever, whatever they're looking for. They haven't found it yet. They haven't what found the it since Manning, name? and they don't know what to do. What is the guy's name? It's driving me nuts. Um, the Denver quarterback. Drew Locke. There you go. You th- you don't think they're they're married to Drew Locke? No, I don't think they are. That's fascinating to me. So Denver would be are. your first your first potential. So after that, it's Dallas at ten. We know they're not. They just signed what's his name? Um, Eleven. The Giants. I think they're still nah. married. So what's his face for now? Jones. Yep. The Eagles, I think, would be the first ones at 12. So you're telling me that in the top 12 picks, only Denver or Philly are even considering moving up. And Philly moved down from the sixth spot. Yeah, I would I would say if someone's going to move up, it would probably be the Patriots. And they draft 15th right now. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. So right. so let's yes. let's let's eliminate the teams between them. The Chargers just got Justin What's his fuss. The yep. Vikings are absolutely accidentally married <laughs> to what's his name? Kurt Kirk Kirk Kirk. Kirk. <laughs> so that brings us the Patriots at 15 and even after that the Cardinals at 16, they have their quarterback of the future. The next team after that is the Raiders at 17. We know they want to move Derek Carr. They do. They do. That would be probably my next guess after the Patriots. So in the first 17 picks, we're watching Denver, New England, and the Raiders as potential dance partners with Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And the Patriots, if I'm the Patriots, I'm looking at this this top 14 ahead of me, and I'm saying the only wild cards are Atlanta and Denver. I might sit tight. There's like five yeah. good quarterbacks in the draft, right? Uh, so there's uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, uh, uh, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance. That's five. So if I think the first three are going to be, I know the first three are going to be quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But if I think Atlanta isn't going to make a move or Denver isn't going to make a move, then that means at least one of those other guys falls to me, right? You would assume that at that point, yes. Okay. All yeah. right. Continue. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm no, no. Make sure I understand that, this because yeah. this is this is weird to me. All right. So maybe maybe the Patriots to the Patriots look at quarterback without moving, and that means now the Raiders are like, "Hello, Atlanta." Could be. That's very okay. possible. So we know that you know they the, New England just signed Cam to another year, but you know, after year. 
after last year, they're not married to Cam. Absolutely you know? not. You're actually right. And um, yeah, I think Denver Denver is in a quarterback carousel because they're looking for their their next Elway slash Manning, and they haven't they haven't found it yet. And so. the problem is they're using the old Elway to try and find the new Elway, and this guy just keeps shooting blanks. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's and I don't you know with Denver like really quick. I don't know if it's like a coaching thing because this has been going on since Manning left. So like mm-hmm. I don't know what they're. I don't know if it's an Elway thing, a coaching thing, an owner thing. I don't know. Well, they change coaches every other year, and they still have the same problem. They can't draft a good quarterback. True. So is it because you don't have consistency at coaching, or is it because your front office is terrible? Hmm. Or is a combination of both. <laughs> Just um, saying, the, yeah. you know, is it the chicken or the egg here? It's pretty much. All right. So, so anyway, back to your, yeah. your analysis. So, you know, Atlanta, they're the wild card in the first five picks. They could draft Pitts. They can draft Silwell. They can trade the four pick. We don't know. Right. And next is the fifth pick of the Bengals. Everyone on almost everyone on earth is saying they're going to draft Silwell. There's the fantasy part of me that says, you know what, they should draft Jamar Chase, recreate what they had, what uh, Burrow had in LSU. Right. You know what, if the Bengals draft Chase, I'll be thrilled. If they draft Silwell, I'll be thrilled. Either one of those guys makes them a better team. What about the one tight end guy? Pitts? Yeah. (sighs) I mean, he would also be an improvement, but then they would have four tight ends. Like, I don't know what they would do doing. Easy, it cut CJ Ozoma. I I guess, but he has a cool name. <laughs> he does, but he saves you cap if you cut him. This is true. This is, and I don't know what his cap number is, but yes, I don't have it in front of me. I just remember from last week that it was it was savings. It was like five million. And I'm savings. just saying. Now here's the thing. Here's my concern with drafting an offensive lineman. A couple of years ago, the Bengals drafted a top lineman named Jonah Williams. You know how many games he played his rookie year? Two, probably. He got hurt. What was the name? I'll look it up. Jonah Williams. All right, you continue. He did not really play his rookie year. And then you know what happened? The same thing. So that is my that is my concern with drafting an offensive lineman. I mean, yes, he could be the next Anthony Munoz. Great. Well, they, Wonderful. they just drafted him this past year, right, Jonah Williams? Yeah, year before. I'm showing him as a 2020 yeah. is his first season. Number seventy three. Yes. All right. He, his first season was this year. He drafted. They drafted him last okay. year. Sorry, in, pandemic times times doesn't exist in my head. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. It, I had when I read today that Aaron Rodgers was the last existing first rounder still playing because Alex Smith retired. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. In the two thousand five draft, there is only one player. Okay, that was sixteen years ago, Holy folks. Shit. 16 years ago, Aaron Rodgers is now the lone survivor of that first draft class. And I'll pull it up in a second so we can talk about it. But yeah, um, so Jonah Williams was drafted. His first year in Cincinnati was 2020. He appeared and started in 10 games. I feel like that, you know, did he start? Yeah, according to this, he started Uh, all 10. uh, I don't feel like he, yeah, no. Um. Really quick, yeah. just the first round mm. before we get back into it. Of the yeah. 2005 draft, Alex Smith, retire. Ronnie Brown, never went anywhere. 
Braylon Aww. Edwards. I'm pretty sure he's in jail. <laughs> oh, man. Cedric, Be- Cedric Benson. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Cedric <laughs> Benson. <laughs> Number oh, five, Cadillac so Williams. Good. Cadillac Number six, Williams. Adam Pacman Jones. Adam Pacman is not in the league anymore? No, he was a Bengal, and then they cut him, and then he's had off-field issues. All right. Troy Williamson, wide receiver in Minnesota. I don't even know who that is. Entrell Roll, defensive back. Carlos Rogers, defensive back. Mike Williams in Detroit. Demarcus Ware in Dallas. Wow, Demarcus Ware is not in the league anymore. Sean Merriman, Jamal Brown, Thomas Davis, the linebacker in Carolina. He had back issues. Yeah. Derek Johnson, Kansas City. Travis Johnson to Houston. David Pollock, Erasmus James. Who the F is that? Alex Barron, Marcus Spears, Matt Jones, the wide receiver in Jacksonville, was a first-rounder that year. Mark Clayton was a first-rounder that year. Fabian Washington. Then at number 24, Aaron Rodgers. 24. Wow. Yeah, remember that was the year that they actually moved him to a suite because it was embarrassing? They invited like 20 yep. people to the green room and he was one of them and he was still sitting there and they were like, let's, let's put you in a suite so that people aren't staring at you. Jason Campbell, Chris Spencer, Roddy White was in that draft. Wow. Luis Castillo, Marlon Jackson, Heath Miller, number 30 to, to Pittsburgh. Then Mike Patterson and Logan Mankins. Logan Mankins. Wow. Remember him? The guard for the Patriots? Yes. Oh, quick, quick correction. So Jonah Williams got hurt last year. I'm thinking of Billy Price, who got oh, hurt. Oh, you're thinking, well, I can't help you if you give me the wrong My name. bad, my bad. Sorry. Anyway. Billy um, Price was drafted in 2018. That's who I'm thinking and of. He, and then he got hurt his second season. And then He's been hurt each of the last two seasons. Well, yes. no, he, ple- he appeared in all 16 games. He only started one. Right. Okay. He got drafted. I'm sorry, back to your... They expected him to start, and then he turned, got hurt, turned into a backup. That's who I was thinking of. My back bad. to your analysis, right. then. Just, sorry. just, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, so I keep distracting us. My bad. Going on to the um, next pick after that, I think they got it from the Eagles, is the Dolphins. The Dolphins, here's what the Dolphins are going to do. So just between Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and Silwell, whoever out of those three is left, when it's their pick, that's who they're going to draft. Best available situation is what you're telling me. Yes. Okay. That's if Pitts is there, they're going to take him. I think he, out of those three guys, whoever is left over, that's who they're taking. Okay. Um, then at the seven pick, who do we have? It's the Lions. It's the Lions. The Lions need a receiver. I think they're going to take Jalen Waddell. Waddell. Um, okay. They need a receiver. That's um, there's really no uh, no question about that. Because uh, okay. who else do they who else do they have a receiver right now? Uh, well, they let like half their receiving core go. They did. That's why I don't know who's there or who's left. <laughs> I'm trying to look it up right now on the fly. You move on, and I'll come back to it. Um, okay. Next is the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers are. The Panthers are clearly in a rebuilding spot. Uh, so who the Panthers take here? Good question. You know what? I think they take a, a lineman. That's my... It's his help. Offensive line? Offensive line. Okay. Or if for some reason... Because, you know, I've seen a, multiple um, mock drafts. And Pitts actually falls further than I thought he would. 
So I've actually seen the uh, Panthers taking Pitts. I don't think he's going to get that far, but... Okay. And then who do we have left here? I just really quickly yeah. to jump back in. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, so Galladay and Marvin Jones have both left. Right. Which leaves, according to the current depth chart, according to ESPN, leaves Tyrell Williams, who's already questionable, Brashard Perryman, who I think is eligible for Social Security, <laughs> he was and, a Quintez, <laughs> and Quintez Cephas. Who? Quintez Cephas, who, if you remember, around this exact time last year, we were like, this is the best name in the draft. <laughs> we don't know anything about the guy, but he's the best name in the draft. They've also apparently signed a Geronimo Allison. Really? Geronimo Allison, for the three games he'll actually play for you, will be there. Hmm. All right, so back to Craig. Where did we leave? Was that the Panthers? Yeah, okay. we're on the Panthers. Uh, so nine is what? The Broncos, provided they nine don't the trade Bron- up. I can't see them going quarterback. I think they have more faith in Drew Locke than you're giving them credit for. Nah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think Drew Locke is is destined to stay there. Okay, but that's that's just how I feel. Just just using you know just the history of Denver. But um, if they don't take a quarterback, I feel like they they actually are one of the first teams to go defense. That's just my uh, my guess. Okay, who was after them? Is the Cowboys? Cowboys, Cowboys at ten. Cowboys at ten. All right, so the Cowboys, again, are another... They also need help on defense. My guess is they're going to take either Patrick Sertain. Remember his dad? That's scary. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're getting old, man. God damn it. Um, And then it... Or, or Micah Parsons, a linebacker. I think they're both really good choices. They are, and Dallas... Dallas would improve either way. Yeah. So, so let me interrupt you there. So that's your thoughts on the top 10. Yes. Just one or two questions to throw at you because you know a lot more about this than I do. I'm really more of the tell me where they're playing and tell me what the scheme is and I'll tell you what I think they're going to do kind of guy. And we are almost out of time. Who's the surprise guy in the draft? Who for you is the guy that's outside the first like 10 picks or so but has the potential to make a big impact? Give me a name of a guy doesn't have to be first round, but a guy you're looking at and you're saying to yourself, this guy is going to be a pro. Uh, that isn't obvious. Isn't obvious. <clears throat> like anyone could sit there and go, Trevor Lawrence is going to be an amazing pro. He said that about like everybody. He told me that about <laughs> Ryan Leaf. So remember Ryan Leaf. Give me somebody outside the top like 10 picks or 10 players that you think has the potential to really do some good stuff. Uh, let's see. Let me just put him on the spot by this, by the yeah, way. He yeah. has no idea. I was going to ask this. <laughs> he, I did not. Um, all right. So for me, it would probably be Jace Horn. And who is he? He's, Again, he's a, talking to an idiot. Tell me. Cor- cornerback. He played for, uh, uh, hold on. I'll tell you a second. South Carolina. Okay. Uh, he's Who's a junior. One- He's yeah. a cornerback. He, I'm pretty sure he's uh, Joe Horn's son. And it's a thin cornerback class, right? In terms of like real deep. I mean, there's a lot of cornerbacks in the draft, but in it terms is. of talent, as far he's as, probably like top as far three. as 
cornerbacks, it's um, honestly it's him and Sertain are the top two. Are the top two? What's the guy that we've already talked about that you think is doomed? 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 doomed. Who's the guy who's going to bust? Give me the give out the I, Ryan. You know Leaf what? I don't want to say I don't want to say bust because that's that's a very heavy word. <laughs> Which is why I said doomed. Because All don't right. forget, yeah. Ryan yeah. Leaf, if he goes to the right situation, doesn't necessarily end up like Ryan Leaf. That's true. He, he could end up like is, Pent Manning. Right. Trent Dilfer in the right situation doesn't wait as long as he did to become a game manager and win a Super Bowl. The, the, to some extent, success is not only dedicated by the player, but by their environment or dictated is a better yes. word. Tell Definitely. me the guy who's doomed to not do well. Like, you know what we should call this? Mm-hmm. The Sam Darnold Award. Because Sam Darnold was doomed the moment he was drafted by the Jets, and now he's got a chance to make something better of his career True. after the Jets. Who is doomed in this draft class? In this draft class, you know what? Part of me is very worried about Trevor Lawrence. That's the one I was going to pick, too. Because he's going to the Jags. The Jags are not, well, last year, not well organized. They have a new coach coming in from college. Yep. Is it going to work? Don't know. Expectations are going to be really high on this kid. Yeah, and you know what? If they win five games, I'm not going to be surprised. You know? So what, yep. what happens with Gardner Minshew? Do they start Gardner Minshew until they're two and five, and then all of a sudden <laughs> they bring the kid in? Is that what they're going to do? I think, you know what? Sadly, I think Gardner Minshew automatically just lost his job when they draft Trevor Lawrence. Just like he did to Blake Bortles, so it suits him well. <laughs> yep. Because cause Urban Meyer, I don't know, because I think he's going to try to coach the team like college. Yeah. And... It when you make that transition to from college to pro, you're no longer playing for the coach, right? right? Because you're getting a giant paycheck, and the coach is really working for you. I've often said that about the NBA. In college, you play for a coach. In the NBA, the coach works for you. Right. Owners are going to ditch coaches faster in professional sports than they do in college sports because in college sports, you have a definitive shelf life of four to five years. Right. Coaches don't in the NBA. You find a franchise player or the NFL, you find a franchise player. They could be there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's different. The coach. Yeah. Yeah. Replaceable, replaceable yep. in the pros, not replaceable in college. Because the players have a shelf life, and that it, that's different than the pros. Exactly. That's different than the pros. Exactly. Okay, so final question and then final thoughts, because we're already over time, but that's okay, because we're not going to be here next week. It's fine. What are you most looking forward to seeing in the NFL draft next week? Seeing as in, like, who's going to go where? or At what point do you put down your beer, clap your hands together, and rub them like an evil genius, and go, <laughs> all right, here we go? Um, you know what? Honestly, the Atlanta's pick. That four pick. That four pick is the most interesting pick in the draft right now. I have a crazy feeling we're going to reach that point. We're going to be sitting there and it's going to go, here comes the commissioner. The pick is in and the commissioner is going to walk up to the podium and go, 
we have a trade to announce. <laughs> I just, I got this gut feeling that Atlanta is going to punt here. Mm-hmm. I just, I just have now, the who do they? The question is then, who do they punt to? And that's what I'm most interested to see. It's the first, you know what it is? It's going to be the first trade of the draft. And I, what are the odds? Follow up question. What are the odds of a trade in the first round? I want to put it like 85%. Yeah, I would agree. Someone's going to move up or move down at some point. Either Atlanta and Cincinnati and Miami stand firm, and all of a sudden the Raiders are like, crap, we're not going to get a quarterback. We're going to panic and pay the Lions for their pick so that New England doesn't get our guy. Mm-hmm. Or it's or or none of the quarterbacks are going to go, and people are going to start trading down because Detroit's like okay well you know it's not as valuable as it was before the guy we want is is much later so you know i i, I just sense it i sense this is either going to be a buyers or a sellers market but either way sales will be made true very true that's what i'm looking my, for my my gut if there is a trade my gut feeling is it's the patriots getting atlanta's pick and that was my next question is who's the who's the likely that's, partners there so that's my guess that's good. i can agree with that it's either going to so, be them or the Raiders. Okay. I, I think that's pretty accurate. I don't know if Atlanta is going to be the one trading down, but I agree that if anyone's trading up early, it's likely New England or Vegas, unless somebody comes out of the left field. And if they do, they're going to have to pay like Yeah, crazy. watch it be like the Colts. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the Titans at 22 decide they're going to trade up and go get the quarterback of the future because they've realized that Ryan Tannehill's their quarterback. But to move down to 22 is going to cost you massive. Yeah. Like you're talking three or four picks easy over the next three years. So believe it or not, we're out of time. Sad. Yep. Give me your final thought. Final thoughts. Um, remember when it was a Super Bowl and, you know, we thought we had some off time and now the off time is over. Was there a Super Bowl? <laughs> I don't remember there being a Super Bowl this year. I remember the Chiefs winning the AFC championship and that's where my memory ends. Yeah. Yep. I have no memory of that beyond that. <laughs> I don't blame so. you. It's okay. Um, my final thought is I'm not ready for the season to begin. So I refuse to accept Craig's final thought as factual. Um, I'm going to live in a, a fantasy world where I have like another three months off before I have to start draft prep. Well, I don't have to worry about it. Technically. I mean, you know, draft prep, you, you know, draft, you, you and I both know best ball leagues go live the day after the draft. Wait, hold on really quick. It's best ball still thing. Is it back? Oh sure. I thought it wasn't. It wasn't around last year, right? Because oh, Fanduel. No no. no, no, it existed. It just didn't exist on Draft.com, which got bad, bought out by Fanduel. But there's a site called Best Ball Tens that does oh. like ten dollar best ball leagues. I did like two or three of them last year, and you know, I never went back and saw if I won anything. <laughs> you should check. <laughs> I really should. Uh, best balls ten. <laughs> Uh, there it is. See if Brett won any money. You've won $200. Jesus, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, boy, I guarantee I didn't. I, I don't even remember what the teams were, but they were bad. They were bad. Do you remember the year I was doing the draft? I was sitting at two roads. Was this like three years ago? Mm-hmm. I was sitting at two roads, and like with a second overall pick, somebody took to Sean Watson and then began screaming at the lobby that they had just won the league and everybody else could F off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just, I'm like, dude, really? You think so? I remember Good luck that. With that. I can't remember my password. It's been so long since I logged in. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, maybe this might work. Hold on. Okay. Doing it live. Hold it on. Uh, my teams. Yep. My historical teams. 
Oh, oh, I did. I did one league. Okay. Last year, I finished fourth. Ooh. Did you win anything? No. Oh. Let me see if I can see. Let's see who this. Oh, here we go. Okay. I finished fourth. Yep. I did a whole bunch of freebies, too. But I did one paid league. Uh, fourth place. Who was on that team? Can I see the team? Final roster. Here we go. Okay. Sean Watson, Austin Eckler. There's your first problem. DeAndre <laughs> Swift, Juju Smith-Schuster, problem number two. Christian Kirk, problem number three. Jerry Judy, problem number four. Darren Waller, Tyree Kill, Baltimore Ravens, Kirk Cousins. Patrick Mahomes ended up on my bench. Oh, man. That just says to me he didn't outscore Deshaun Watson in their format. Steven Sims, Dallas Goddard, David and Joku. <laughs> I'm going to stop reading now. So follow us wherever you uh, listen to us. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher FM, wherever you may follow us, please give us a listen. We went a little long tonight because we're going to take next week off. Um, the next week is the day before the draft. So we're probably going to take next week off to go play some video games and kind of relax. So if you're listening to this on or before April 28th, 2021, come look for us on Twitch. Um, he's sin S Y N N 76. I am Howard moon BG. We're probably going to go do some farming. So, you know, give ourselves one more day off. Um, I guarantee that our phones will be blowing up while we try to farm because cinch is so excited for this draft. Um, <laughs> uh, He's I, if New England doesn't draft a quarterback, we have to put him on some sort of self harm watch because that's true. He is he is he is the most anti cam person since the guy who cut him <laughs> in Carolina. Um, but definitely leave us leave us a review, and then we will be back the week after the draft to break it down. Who has the biggest fantasy impacts? Just because a guy isn't a skill player doesn't mean he doesn't impact fantasy values for a team. Don't ever forget that. Defensive players that keep offenses on the field longer boost those offenses. Offensive linemen affect the value of the other players on their on their offensive squad. It is a trickle down effect when the right guys fall into the right places. So we'll be back to discuss that. So Craig, as always, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the crucial mass. It was excellent and delicious. Oh, you're and, welcome. Uh, we will plan on coming back two weeks and breaking down the draft. Until then, thank you for listening. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Hi, Deb. <laughs>